Well, welcome to Real Talk. So excited you all are here joining us. Uh, if this is your first time, welcome for all of our Wiley veterans. Welcome back. Uh, real Talk is a time for us to get together, to be real, open, vulnerable, to talk about things, uh, personal things, more coaching related, sometimes practical, sometimes philosophical. Uh, but really one of the most important things that this is a chance for you to be together in community as we get to ch uh, chat through some very important topics. So uh, a couple things. One, I am seeing some people ask about less. For those of you that are newer, yes, there is a fourth member of this team. Uh, his name is Les, and he has been working his way back in the office after a recent medical procedure. Uh, he is not able to join us on today's call, but Les is not going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, so you can look for him on our next Real Talk, which will be in about two weeks. Um, so yeah, but a couple things about today, uh, a couple things that are really important for you to know. This is a call where we want for you to participate. Uh, you've got several ways to do that. There's several hundred coaches here on here live, uh, a bunch more. They're going to catch the recording of this later. Hint, yes, we record this. And yes, we share that recording. That's available to you. Uh, you can find the recording by clicking the Real Talk uh, on the left side of your screen and FCMT online. And uh, if you are watching this on recording, you already knew that. So glad you found us. Um, but that's the best way to go there. But this, like I said, is a time for us to participate. And you have several ways to do that. Uh, one, of course, is the chat box. Uh, this is a great spot for thoughts, comments, questions, ideas, uh, all kinds of lovely things like that. Uh, also, though, take a moment here. Everyone, open up your chat box. And down on the bottom of your chat box, there's probably this little drop-down menu that says two. And if it says hosts and panelists, click hosts and panelists and change that because we uh, we want this to be uh, the kind of thing um, that you are able to be seen. And if you don't change it to everyone, uh, nobody else will see it except for me, Lisa and Justin. And that would be a huge bummer because then you are going to miss out on so many uh, wonderful things. Now, also, if you do have questions for the panel today, uh, you might notice this chat box is going to be fast and furious, and it is going to scroll faster than a politician's teleprompter. And uh, so if you want to make sure that your question gets seen, make sure you're dropping that in the Q&A box. Uh, now, here's the other thing uh, that's an important thing for all of you to know uh, as we're walking through this. You may have a lot of questions that are not about today's topic. And today's topic, we're not talking about client creation. We're not talking about doing better consultations. That, that's not what we're going to have as a conversation piece today. So if that is what you're wanting to ask about, make sure you reach out through the Help Center inside of FCMT. You can get our email address there. Uh, make sure you're jumping in, participating on things like your development calls and such along the way. Uh, but again, lots of good stuff to be aware of there. But again, if it's not on today's topic, we're not going to be talking about it. Uh, not that we don't want to talk about it. It's just we have an hour with you. And we want to make the most use of this hour that we possibly can to help you learn, grow, and develop. Uh, so, Lisa, Justin, have I missed anything by way of housekeeping today? I don't think so. Awesome. Uh, yeah, well, looks like I, I think you got it. Lots of good stuff happening already. Lots of connections being made. People joining us from all over, everywhere from Hudson, Ohio, not far from my old stopping grounds. We've got Chicago, Arkansas, Texas. California, Boston, Florida, Illinois. We got North, South, East, and West uh, people from all over uh, joining. So we're glad to have you all here. And uh, as we get started, I wanted to take a minute to do something a little bit different than we normally do on Real Talk. Um, and I know we've got potentially some people joining us from the international realm, uh, places like Puerto Rico. And wherever you happen to be, we are glad you are here. We want to take a moment. This is our last Real Talk ahead of uh, Thanksgiving. And we want to take just a moment to pause and reflect on the history of Thanksgiving. And if you don't know, uh, there was actually a uh, kind of a famous story behind this. Sarah Josepha Hale was a 74-year-old magazine editor that for 15 consecutive years in her role as magazine editor wrote to the office of the President of the United States requesting a Thanksgiving holiday on a national level. And it took all of those years before it finally happened under President Abraham Lincoln. And I want to take just a moment, and this is something that we do here every year at Ramsey Solutions in our last meeting uh, together as an organization before uh, Thanksgiving. And I want to share this particular tradition with all of us here uh, joining on the call, all the coaches that have chosen to jump in. I'm going to take just a moment, and I want to read to you. This is 
the proclamation that President Abraham Lincoln read to unify a national holiday around the idea of giving thanks smack dab in the center of the Civil War. Uh, so this is the words of Abraham Lincoln and his speech writer. Uh, so here we go. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and even soften the heart, which is habitually insensible to the ever watchful providence of almighty God. In the midst of a civil war of unequal magnitude and severity, which has sometimes seemed to foreign states to invite and provoke their aggressions, peace has been preserved with all nations, order has been maintained, the laws have been respected and obeyed, and harmony has prevailed everywhere except in the theater of military conflict, while that theater has been greatly contracted by the advancing armies and navies of the Union. Needful diversions of wealth and strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the national defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The ax has enlarged the borders of our settlements, and the mines as, uh, as well of iron and coal of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. Population has steadily increased, notwithstanding the waste that has been made in the camp, the siege, and the battlefield in the country. Rejoicing the consciousness of augmented strength and vigor is permitted to expect continuance of years with large increase of freedom. No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any man worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend to them that while offering up the ascriptions justly due him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience, commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. In testimony whereof, I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington, this third day of October, the year of our Lord, 1,863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th, Abraham Lincoln. This is why we celebrate Thanksgiving, y'all. And we, we wanna take some time in this moment, in this real talk, to think about something really, really important. Right? We, we wanna think about the state of the world that we're in. We wanna think about the great gifts that we have been offered, the providence of the hand that has given it to us. And with those things in mind, I'm really excited to jump in uh, to our conversation for today. Right? So as always, we're preparing uh, our, our conversation for today and having some great uh, spot along the way. And uh, one of the things that we decided we needed to talk about, especially with being Thanksgiving, is uh, fake butter, right? Margarine, right? All this margarine. Oh, wait, checks notes. Nope, not margarine. Margin. We're not talking about margarine today. That'd be ridiculous. All right. We're here to talk about margin and creating margin. And so I, I would love to take a moment, Lisa and Justin, let, let's just start with the definition of the term, right? What in the world does margin mean? By the way, margarine is gross, don't eat it. Real butter is the way to go. I think one of the simpler concepts around the idea of margin is simply space, free mm -hmm. space. Uh, you, and and it, margin, you know, we often think of it here as financial margin or time margin, right, in our schedules. Those are some of the easier ways to think about it. But margin comes in all kinds of forms in all areas of our life. And so I th I'm excited about our conversation about margin today, but to me, it's just having space. That's, that's margin to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that is a, Justin, just a great way to think about it. And we got a couple of people in the chat box. That's what they were saying essentially too. And, um, and like you said, many times we're thinking physical, um, financially, 
even even in our careers, you know, our careers can overgrow our lives, you know, having margin so that we can live a life that is what we intend it to be based on impact and importance and uh, not having it causes us to also lose capacity mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and um, worse off relationally. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've often said, I don't want my family to get leftovers. I know I love leftovers. We're talking about Thanksgiving, nothing better than leftovers at Thanksgiving. Right. But I don't want my family to have those leftovers, but I, I, sometimes I wonder if I'd miss paying that lip service. What am I doing to hold that margin? Keep that space. Yeah. And, and it is really interesting. We talk about space and, and I like one of the things that Lori had said here in the chat box sounds a lot like marginal, right? Same root word here which means lukewarm to me, not the full or real thing. Um, one of the things that is important is sometimes we think about margins as the space out on the edges, mm -hmm. right? We, we, think about, we think about marginalized people. We think about people out on the edges of society. And so one of the challenges is that we're trying so many of us to create this margin in our world or in our space to be able to do things well, to serve clients well and to serve our families well, but it, it's out on the edges. And the more that you put in your life, the, the more and more it pushes those things out past the edges and there isn't space to operate anymore. And so one of the things we've learned is this is not simply a matter of time management. In fact, if you're thinking about this and hearing time management, uh, the, the answer is going to be it's not that, right? This is not just simply about time management. This is about so much more. So if we're not just trying to talk about how do we manage time, first of all, how do we actually determine what we want our margin to be? How do we even figure out what does that look like? Well, I, I think I was, as I processed your first question about margin, it, it does come back to me, um, the idea of, well, if I'm, if I'm gonna start there, um, what I wanna hold space for, um, and it not being on necessarily the parameter um, or perimeter of what's on the, the words on a page, for instance, you know, what's what's if I'm reading a novel or um, a paper, um, but I want to I want to hold space for what is most important in my life and fill that first. Do that first. Um, so that, you know, as, again, just talking out loud here. Um, deciding that, you know, family is the most important. Um, it, I think it'll go back to my core values is what I want to build margin around is to, so that I can hold true personally to those core values. What's most important, my, my family, my, my time with, with Jesus, learning how to be a friend to him, um, uh, friends and family members, how to do, do have a held space, um, to be able to see them and give time to them, mm -hmm. um, you know, that kind of thing. I think that those are the things that keep coming to my mind, Tim, just at the beginning of this. Yeah. I think for me as well, one thing that margin allows us to do is allows us to grow and expand. And when we don't put any margin in whatever aspect of life that we're talking about here, you know, right, financially, spiritually, uh, temporally, right, time, uh, physically space, right? All, all my introverts on the call, uh, we need some extra space. We need some extra margin between us and the other people in the room. Okay, y'all just back off. I need some <laughs> extra margin between you and me. Um, and that's not so I can grow sideways next week. Uh, but <laughs> there's this idea that if we're oh, not boy. careful, margin can be referred to because I see, I see a lot of people in the chat box talking about margin being like the extra space on the sides of the page, but it can sound like the final last percentages of whatever I have, the, the leftovers, Lisa, like you were talking about earlier. And I think that can be a dangerous mindset on how we can use margin and space uh, in our life, because if it's like that, then um, I'm, I'm going to fill up everything that I can in whatever space I'm talking about. And if I only have just this little bit of margin at the corners, at the edge of the page, anything can send me over the edge. Mm -hmm. The fact is I don't have margin. 
right? And we, we talk about that in the baby steps. Baby step one's a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's a it's a bit of margin between you and life, but it's never meant to carry you. Right? That's not enough margin. So one of the things that we want to talk about today is how much is enough margin to have in your life based off of whatever aspect you're talking about. Not having enough margin doesn't give you any room to grow in some of those areas. And so there's a question for you. What are you doing, right? Coaches on the call, what are you guys doing to make sure that you have some margin, some extra space in whatever area of life you want to uh, have open to, to grow in? Tim, you talk about this a lot in, in your calls. And, mm -hmm. and so I'll just, I'll highlight this and then hand it to you and you can talk about it. But, you know, you say where there is no margin, there is no ministry. And, and part of that is mm -hmm. not us necessarily planning and knowing when am I going to do the ministry part. But if I, if I don't leave any space open in my finances to be free to use it when the opportunity arises, if I don't put any space or margin in my time so I have time to give, right? When, when we don't have margin or space for these things, those opportunities may show up in our lives, but we may miss them completely. Well, I and like we talked about, it's, it's not just time and it's not just money, right? And so again, I, I wanna really break us of that thought habit here on this call. If we keep thinking about margin as time and money, we're missing it, right? And, and so, and this is true, we're talking about the, the, where there is no margin, there is no ministry. Let's talk about another huge area for margin, emotional margin, mm -hmm. right? When, especially, and, and these things do play on each other, right? If I get rid of my time margin by taking too much time in the morning to get ready for work, and now I leave the house five or 10 minutes later than I intended to, not only have I squeezed in my time margin, I've also now made a squeeze in on my emotional margin. And so then when I get behind the person who's going just a little too slow, right, and I start to find myself escalating, and the blood pressure gets a little higher and my face gets just a little redder and the anger starts to kick in a little bit more. And I start to think about the value of why I don't have car to car missiles because I would absolutely be in prison, right? Like I start to think about these things and it changes my understanding of margin because what happens is when I go through this and I come in and I'm at the edge of my emotional margin, the minute I walk into the office, how in the world am I supposed to then treat my team members the way they deserve to be treated? And, and then when the, the opening morning conversation ends and I jump onto my first coaching call of the day, how am I supposed to bring to my client what is needed and what is respective and what is necessary in that? Because I've already blown out all of my emotional margin, getting angry at some other driver that I'll probably never see again. Or what if I do really blow through the emotional margin and I lay into the horn and use all kinds of inappropriate gestures along the way. And then I do see them again because a lot of us take the same routes to work in the morning. And what happens if I do the same thing tomorrow and I get stuck behind them again tomorrow? What, what's gonna happen now? I, I've taken all the margin in my life and I've squished it down. And then I carry this through my day and I go home at the end of the day and I've got no energy left in my life. And then my son just doesn't want to stop trying to eat the thing he's not supposed to eat. He's 10 months old. That's what they do at that age. But he doesn't really understand no or doesn't understand no well enough that, uh, that it works all the time. And if I've already blown through my emotional margin, it doesn't matter. If, if I set aside to spend three hours with my son, but I'm frustrated and angry the whole time, or, or worse, I just get tired and I start staring at my phone. And, and the message I give to my son is, that little stupid black rectangle is more exciting to daddy than I am. How in the world do I continue to go forward in this way? And so I, I wanna think about all forms of the margin in our life. How do we create space for all of these things? Whether that's time, whether that's money, right? Those are easy to measure. A little harder to measure your emotional margin, a little harder to measure your spiritual margin. How much time and space are you leaving to focus on your spiritual well-being? And so I would love to ask this question of our, our panel here. How do you begin to create margin, especially in areas where it's harder to measure? 
Yeah, another aspect of that um, is not just emotion, but your energy. Mm. And, you know, those of us, especially those of us like me, I'm an introvert and I tend to lose energy throughout the day because I interact more with uh, people and people tend to be an energy drain on me. Well, if I don't, if I don't withhold, if I don't manage my energy well, I have no margin in there. That can be a pr big problem when I do get to the end of the day, because then it, the refrain come, becomes at home, dad's too tired. Uh, dad, dad had a hard day right? Um, I, I just don't have the energy to play that game with you again for the 12th time, <laughs> right? Um, those types of things. And so I think one of the ways that we do this, the how, right? The, the practical and the how behind this is uh, first, I think we need, well, I don't know if it's first or not, but one of the things that we need to do is we need to build awareness on our priority. Where's my priority? What are some things I want to make sure I have the margin to be able to do so I can serve and love on the people that I want to be able to serve and lead and pour into? Um, awareness will help us in this, right? So we can build awareness around uh, what are our patterns like? What are some phrases I hear myself saying a lot when it comes to margin or space? How often am I saying that, you know, hey, Five out of the seven days of this week, uh, dad has said, I'm too tired. I don't have energy to play with my boys. Ooh, five out of seven. That doesn't, that's not what I want for my life. All right. And so I can start to build awareness. First off, what are my patterns? Uh, second off, build awareness and, and build a priority list. What are some things I want to make sure that I have energy, money for, time for, uh, emotion emotional availability for, right? In all these different areas, um, I can start to plan out, develop a plan, develop a budget. Maybe you could think of it that way on my time, on my energy, on my emotions. Um, and, and we can start to plan some of this stuff out. And I wanna leave room, space in my budget for some of these different areas. I wanna make sure I do. And I think this, uh, the other side of that is then, um, and several of you have said it in the chat box, boundaries. Once I've set that priority plan, and we can make changes to it, sure. But then it's on me to hold to my boundaries, hold to my budget, hold to the things that I've said that I want to do. Because here's the sneaky truth, especially around the holidays. Coaches, if you don't set your boundaries and your priorities, everyone else will fill it up for you. They'll fill up your time. They'll fill up your available budget space. They'll, they'll take from your emotions. So it's on us to name and set the things that we want to have margin for, and then to hold to our boundaries to it. And that can be tough, especially as we're moving into time uh, where man, a lot of shame and guilt can come in around family mm -hmm. and, and friends in the holiday times, right? So uh, it's just some of the things that I'm thinking about here. But uh, Lisa, I would love to hear from you on that too. Well, the, I mean, just going all the way back just into the holding space, but um, I love that the idea of um, several things came out of it for me, the awareness certainly, but um, right even before you said that, Dustin, was uh, energy management. You know, Tim, you even said at the beginning, this is about margin, not necessarily time management. Mm -hmm. Time management is a result of uh, finding, prioritizing margin in our lives, whether it's mental, emotional, spiritual relational or financial career, whatever it is. Uh, we, we take a look at that Zig Ziglar wheel of life, all seven of those. And um, maybe that would be a good gauge is to, to look at those seven areas and, and ask, am I intentionally creating margin there? But that idea of energy management, you know, knowing yourself well enough to, to say, this is, this is where I'm lacking. You know, I'm doing these things right. Now we do want to start there. I'm doing this right. But what's lacking? What 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 am I? What don't I have energy for? I think that that's a new assessment for me. You know, coming out of this call today, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at that because I'm a, um, a run and gun kind of person. I'm I'm also an introvert, but I'm a social introvert. So when I'm around people and in people environments, then you wouldn't know that. I just need to go home and be alone for a little while afterward and uh, mm -hmm. fill back up. So as you were talking about that, that's what was coming to mind is, is am I, 
am I, uh, uh, the word Russian came to my mind, but that's not what I'm, I, I, don't, I don't know that that's the exact word, but am I, am I managing my energy well so that if the only time I have to spend with my husband tonight is between 9 and 10 p.m., am I giving him my best? Mm-hmm. It, again, that is where margin goes to me, is that I have the, the mindset, the energy. I'm not so spent that I can't focus. The other thing that came to my mind, y'all, as you all were talking, was um, this question. Um, uh, many of you on this call, coaches, are processors. You, you know, you're thinkers. Put it in the chat box if you're a processor. I need time and space to process things. Yeah, I know Justin is for sure. Yeah. My uh, problem is I have to do it out loud. <laughs> so it, 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 it sometimes doesn't work and out so well for me and those around loud, me. Let me say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I even love that. Very loud. <laughs> Out loud and very loud. That's it. Y'all, y'all, y'all know that. If you spent time with Tim, that's all good. Um, yeah, we're processors. We're processors. But, you know, in one of the most significant events in the New Testament, the Word of God tells us that Mary pondered these things in her heart. So my wonder here, wondering out loud, Processing out loud is, is this a condition of the heart? Mm-hmm. Is this, is this, is this a heart issue? If we are feeling pressed in on all sides where there is no physical margin, if we're feeling drained and, and maybe there is time and you're seeing it, you know what? I could do this instead of this. Again, that's a process. That's a, a mindset. You know, I, I, yes, I can, not watch that television show tonight and go work out instead if that's what I want to do or what, or, or, or we can all do those things. Um, but that's, that is truly a brain thing. That is a process, mm-hmm. right? That I've processed it. I have, um, um, I've justified it or, um, uh, deconstructed it that I want to make a change and I'm, I'm, I'm choosing something different, but we all know that, that our action, it doesn't, it doesn't mean we've done anything differently until we put it into action. But I am just wondering about this idea of pondering this whole topic of margin in my life and all of those areas and uncovering what's going on in my heart, not necessarily what's in my head. And one of the things that kind of pops in for me as I'm hearing you talk about this, Lisa, is the idea of margin requires some level of balance because we all have such a different way of processing things and a different way of approaching things. And the way that some of us will create margin will actually diminish margin for others. Right. So like I, I saw a lot of people talk about, like, again, the time management and the idea of how do I control my time well and how do I block my time off and how do I do these different things with my time to give myself the space to have margin. Y'all, for me, I really, really hate budgets. Oh, I, I do them because I have to. I also really, really hate time budgets because it's the same thing. It feels so constricting to me. And I do some of these things because I have to, but also being aware that when I put time and energy and effort into putting good boundaries to keep time margin, I'm depleting my emotional margin at that time. I, I'm taking energy that I could be using in other times and I'm using some of it up here. And so I want us to be aware of these things. And so the purpose of this call is again, not to say, here's how you should handle time management. It's to learn what are the areas in your life that are currently existing without margin? What are the things where you may be phenomenal at time management and you're managing all four of your jobs wonderfully. You may be excellent at the scheduling and you may make sure that all five of your kids are at every single practice and you're at every single game and you realize that every single night you're in bed at midnight and that alarm goes off at five o'clock in the morning because there's also the preschools, uh, not preschool, but like before school swimming practice and weightlifting practice and this kid has to be at this school and this kid has to be at this school and I got to make sure I pick this thing up because it's Thanksgiving next week. Oh, and I haven't even begun my Christmas shopping yet. And by the time you get through the day, you had every minute scheduled and you kept that schedule and it was amazing. And there is nothing left for your spouse. And you can't remember the last time you picked up a book that you read for fun. And you haven't even seen your favorite TV show in years. 
because you just don't have time, right? My, I, my, my schedule is full, but I've got it under control, but that doesn't mean I have margin. And so being aware of different kinds of margin, they do push and pull on each other. And it is entirely possible to go too, uh, so far into one of these that you don't create space or you kill the space from somewhere else. So thoughts on that idea, coaches? I think we can, we can swing the pendulum too far, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I agree with you. A lot of these different areas, they interplay with each other. Uh, but at the same time, we can swing too far the other way too. Right? In mm -hmm. our pursuit of building margin, um, we can also put ourselves in a position where uh, we actually cause problems for ourselves because we're not getting enough done. I, I don't think in our current climate and culture, that's a huge problem. Uh, for most people, at least from all the stuff that I see out there in the world, uh, it tends to swing the other way. The pendulum is so hard on people have no margin. That's where you're hearing words like uh, burnout, mm -hmm. right? And you're starting to see a lot more people use things like, well, uh, I need time for uh, self-care or, or a mental health day at work, right? Some of these types of ideas. And so uh, I think most people in our culture today swing too hard this way where they have no margin in their lives. Uh, and that's we're coaches, right? And so we, we here at Ramsey, we see that on the financial side all the time. People have no margin in their finances. Um, but I do want us to be careful of not swinging it too far the other way, where we're not engaged enough in our world, because right? we can't go too far the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, and another point I would make is that it, it's going to depend on you too, how how, where, why, what, when, and all the other questions to do this. Um, you know, just like anything else, the way that I, I it, create margin, but also what I prioritize for margin is different than anyone else. Um, I, I, I do not like to build my calendar in a way that I can't mosey. And um, what I mean by that is to be able that's to That's a southern walk, word. You got to, to you gotta describe that. <laughs> now, for all you Yankees, that's where yeah. you walk slowly and purposefully <laughs> and just take it in the sense of the roses around you. And, and take it in. Um, and and uh, Tim actually made a joke a couple of weeks ago. He always makes jokes, but he was making a couple of jokes the other day was we were on our way to a meeting and he said, well, it only take everybody three minutes to get there, except Lisa, take her tw 20. And it, it, because I, that's what I do. I mosey and I stop and talk and um, I walk, just walk up to people and, you know, what's going on with your day? And I try to mean it, you know, um, that's not for everybody though. That's so I want, if I don't have days and weeks like that opportunities to mosey and have that margin, it depletes me. But that would deplete someone else doing that. So the idea, again, going back and thinking about what is important, how has God hardwired us? What is our purpose? What are we supposed to be doing here? And um, it, 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 then prioritizing based on our core values, what, what those meanings are. Um, another thing that just stands out to me is that those who refresh others are themselves refreshed. Mm -hmm. Right. The generous will prosper is the first part of that proverb, 1125. And so as we're uh, stepping out and creating room space for our what we're created to do, why the, the whole purpose that we're here, the reason that we maybe we are heads down and walk into the meeting as quickly as possible. That's because you're about to get into that meeting and get something done. Right. We need those people. You know, there's a purpose behind it. So I would encourage us all to just stop and think, not only do where do we need, but what we want, what we oh, want yeah. it to look like. And it, it's a picture we're painting of ourselves, really, in the image of Christ. Um, you know, he, he Jesus at times he was on his way to someplace else. Right. And then at times he stopped. He took pause with people. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all through the word of God. So we want to, we want to find out what in this body that we have, what is it that we're supposed to be doing with it? How do we do it? What is our focus? What is the area? Um, you said measurement earlier, you know, so I've got to be aware before I can measure anything, see how I'm doing. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I like that, Lisa, because you're absolutely right. It's not our job to set your percentages. However, you're going to measure it in these different areas. How much margin do you need? That's, that's not our job to tell you that. Um, you do have to figure that out for yourself. And also, this tends to not be a set it and forget it type of thing. As you move through different seasons of your life, even just different seasons of the year, that stuff's going to change, right? My, for, for the Thanksgiving through New Year's time period for my family, family time moves up. Got to get a lot more family time in because we've decided that that's something important. That's an important value for us, right? Um, we have certain family traditions, certain holiday traditions that we do every year. And sometimes the kids roll their eyes at us, but it's us as a family well, being saying, a kid. This is, this is a value of ours. And we want to make sure we build it into our rhythm. Um, and we have to move other things, right? To be able to make space for those things. Um, now, again, we can swing the pendulum too far and load up our calendar with too much, right? But, um, you know, it's, I think in the intentionality piece of this is going to be important for us, especially if you know you're about to step into a more busy season or a more demanding or taxing season in whatever aspect you're looking at. Because again, one, one of the things that I think is really important in the margin discussion, right? So again, coaches here, most of us dealing with personal finance, somebody who is in baby step two probably doesn't have a lot of time margin. And they're probably not going to be able to make a lot of time margin for quite some time, right? That, that is the reality. It is a season of life where there's just not a lot of extra time because the extra time that we have needs to get turned into extra money so that we can get out of debt, so that we can actually create real space. And, and so the idea that we're always going to have as much margin as we want is not accurate. And so part of understanding margin is making the most of the time margin that you do have to fulfill within that time all that you can. If you and your spouse are both working two, three, four jobs to work your way out of debt and you get one hour together a day and that's, that's what you get in passing, great. During that hour, turn your phones off. Heck, get one of the little lockbox things that I saw on Shark Tank or in the social limit where you put your phones in it, you set a timer and it will lock your phones in a box for an hour. You just triggered a whole bunch of people, Tim. Good. (laughs) I can't do that. Someone might call me. Someone more important than your spouse. Because every time you pick up that phone, if if you get one hour a day with your spouse, every time you pick up that phone during the hour, you're telling your spouse anything. I don't even know who's on the other end of this. Right? My phone is buzzing. I don't even see who's on it. I'm going to pick it up and look at it. I'm already assuming that it's more important than the person I'm sitting with and sitting next to. Same thing with your kids. Same thing with your friends. And so if, if this is the amount of time I get, I want to spend that time using the most of it that I possibly can, putting the other stuff aside, create the relational margin that we're going to make use of this hour that we have together. Create the emotional margin that I'm going to spend this time building into the people that I care most about and letting them build into me. Again, this is not a time management call. This is so much bigger than time management. And there's so many people, you, you can't make more time. You have to manage what you have. That's true, but that's not the only way to create margin. And on the flip side, you can fill a whole lot of time doing stuff that just doesn't matter that much. And you can pull all of this away. Lisa, one category, uh, and Tim, that I'm seeing in the chat box a lot is the idea of relational margin. Margin, mm-hmm. building in margin so that we can Uh, either deepen certain relationships or create new ones. I'm seeing a lot of coaches in the chat box wanting to connect with each other and develop new friendships, develop support networks, develop um, maybe even some referral relationships, right? And uh, chat box is blowing up now. (laughs) But (laughs) it's it's been blowing up the whole hour. Well, true. But it's the idea of, you know, I... If it's a value of mine, if it's something that I want to do, I need to create margin in my relationships so that I can expand that. And, you know, those of you that are like me and I'm an introvert, I've got like four people that I am deeply friends with. Mm -hmm. And then I've got a lot of shallower 
friendships and that's okay. I, you Hi, can't Justin. take everyone. <laughs> you can't take everyone to to that deeper level. But you know, that's, that's a good question to myself that I need to reevaluate. Do I have margin to take on some some more friendships? Do I have time? Uh, do I have the the space to do that? Uh, is that something that I want? Is that something I want to pursue? And then how do I go about doing it? Right? And I can move myself to a state that I desire more than where I am today. But if I don't make the space for that, it's not going to happen. I think um, I think there's go ahead, Lisa. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to actually just give an example of what Justin is talking about uh, him, uh, Justin, as the example. All right. So hang in there with me. Um, we um, we just completed on Monday night a nine week financial peace university class. 7 p.m. on Monday evenings, and it was coaches only. But Justin volunteered before when I all I had to do was say, I'm thinking of this, and he decided he would make room for it because it was important. It was important for him to show up for himself and grow his own passions and his own um, um, imagination, even because y'all are pretty creative at times, right? And um, to, to committed to serve someone else. Now, Justin has three young children and a wife at home. And y'all, we work hard during the day, just like y'all do, right? We have a lot of fun, like today. It doesn't feel like work, but it is. And, um, but to, before he even had the details, he made a decision, I'm gonna make that important. And he showed up every Monday night, right? And um, for me, I think that that has, that that has to be my process, is that I've got to make a decision. I've got to find out. I've got to decide what's missing. Is it relationship? And then I'll make, I'll create that margin, and then I'll fit it into my time schedule. That comes third, right? So what am I missing? What do I need? And you're right. You see these groups, local area groups, various things like that. Sarah's put out a challenge. Let's create a, a women a ladies only women's coaching i love the idea of that right oh my gosh y'all don't know how that just made my heart leap when i saw that um you know we have one that we do in uh in in put that up at the lincoln mighty networks but not everybody can get there all the time you know and it, you know that that kind of thing but man for sarah to step this up and that's what we want when we build a community i mean look at the results of all of that building a community, finding margin, saying I'm gonna, this is important enough that I'm gonna make it a priority, um, protecting that time, uh, saying yes to what is important, um, slowing down, you know? Um, here's a word y'all, Tim and, and Justin, we talked a little bit about earlier was rest. How this creating margin in our lives promotes rest. And for me, rest is a weapon. If I'm tired, worn out, beaten up, exhausted, and I can't think, and my brain shuts down, I'm vulnerable to the point of exposure to the enemy in my life. And um, I can be tempted. I can be distracted. I could be deceived. Um, you know, so many things can come from that, not simply not protecting myself in those moments. Some people said it self-care, um, Tim, but I'm just gonna take that further. It's a protection. It's a guarding, you know, it's a guarding. And the Lord tells us to do that, to guard our hearts, to be the watchman on the wall. And um, how can I do that if it's that life is so full in so many ways that I, I don't even have time to, to, to stop and have a conversation with somebody. Now, we also want to pay attention to the flip side of this stuff today. Uh, and I got a really great question from <clears throat> Sarah Van Akron. How do you know when you're catching up slash creating margin versus just being lazy? How do you know when you've crossed that line? What do you all think? It, it, for me, um, there would be con conviction, not guilt. And if you're not sure what that looks like in your life, then I would recommend you spend a little time figuring that out, you know, working through that, knowing the different, because the, the, the guilt, the voices of guilt 
um, are from the enemy. He's he's there to seek and destroy me, right? And guilt will do that. And the interesting thing is, is that voice, the voice of guilt suspiciously sounds like my voice. It's me and what I'm saying. Conviction, on the other hand, I know the authentic or if, if, if and if I'm confused in any way, I know how to seek the authentic voice of Christ. I know where to go. I can go into his word. I can go into prayer. And although it still sounds a little bit like Lisa, it comes from the wisdom that the Holy Spirit will provide if I spend the time seeking it. So for me, it's the beginnings of distinguishing is this conviction and I need to do something about it or is it guilt and I'm wallowing in it, you know? And um, so that's where, that that's where I'm, I stand on the beginning of this. Now there's a lot more to do um, beyond that, mm -hmm. but that's where I stand at the beginning of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Justin, what would you add to that? Well, I just love that conviction versus guilt. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would add anything to that. Lisa said it so well. So I, I did see a great follow-up question. And by the way, there's a third word that's important here, which is shame, right? So guilt, I've done something wrong. Yeah. Conviction, I've done something wrong and I need to correct it. Shame, I've done something wrong and now I'm a terrible person because of it, right? Shame has no place in the harder mind of a coach and is one of the greatest things we can help eradicate from our clients. I'm not looking for my clients to feel shame. If they need to be convicted of some stuff that they've done wrong, we can have that conversation. If they've got a guilty conscience because there's stuff that they need to reconcile that they're doing and they want to stop, okay, we can get there. But the idea of my client feeling terrible as a person or turning their problem into their identity just does not work. And so it is an important thing for us to keep these areas in mind and looking at why am I doing what I'm doing? What is this creating for me? And by the way, this, this may blow some minds and I'm fine with that. For those of you that have been on calls with me, you know that I use things like illustrations and metaphors from TV shows and movies all the time. There's a reason for that. Right? I enjoy watching TV. I enjoy these things, but also I don't watch them just for the purpose of being entertained and numbing my mind for hours and hours and hours at a time. One of the things I love about it is that I love great stories and I love imagery and metaphors and ways that I can find ways to connect with people that I may not otherwise be able to connect with. And so if you're doing something that has real purpose to it, it may be enhancing your margins. It's when we do things without purpose, and it's when we do things without an idea behind it that we get into these spots where our margins get destroyed. So we did have a really great follow-up question here. Um, I would ask, how do you know you have enough margin? How, how do you test this? How do you find out if you actually have enough margin in your life? I can go first, uh, just to say what came straight to the top of my mind was rush. Um, if, if I feel the word rush, or if I begin to use the word busy, okay? Um, now, life is extremely full, right? But if I am rushing, and busy to the point that it it has overgrown, you know the 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 things that are most important and impactful. That's a word I like to stick with. Is 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 what is about to happen? What's become urgent? What's become rushed in my life? What has become busy in my life? If it's overgrowing, and you know these things that are important. Um, I remember my daughter, <laughs> 20, she's 21 years ago, probably, she was probably three or four, and um, brought home a little, uh, little bitty tiny cup of, with a ivy plant in the, in the cup, and it was at Mother's Day or something, and so we, she wanted to plant it, and I showed her where to plant it outside, and um, y'all, we cut that ivy back off the back of the house. That sucker grows and overgrows and it covers, if I'm not careful, it'll cover the, the dryer vent. It'll take over. Um, it'll wrap itself around the chairs that, you know, are out on the back. Um, mm -hmm. It will grow up the side of the door going into the garage. If I'm not, if I don't stay on top of it and prune that back on a regular basis, 
then it will overtake some important things and some other things in our in in the in its vicinity and i feel like that that's what happens with this animal this this thing this growth in my life you know it will overflow it will overtake if i don't prune it back and continually mm-hmm. ask is this the most impactful thing and if not i got to cut it back if this is this going to be what it, it does it align with my values does it align with my purpose you know am i people y'all people could call you tomorrow and and say hey i'd love for you to speak at this event right and um and it ha- and, and it it has nothing nothing to do or butts up against your passions and your uh, you, you know your maybe it's a mortgage broker that wants you to teach them how to their clients how to get a good credit score you know and we might say yes because it's a teaching event or it's but if it's not aligning to these things then you know mm-hmm. i gotta step back and say do i need to prune that um do i say yes to that or no to that you know it's a it's a really cool thing that you were noticed but you were obviously misunderstood i guess that's another thing too do i understand for myself what i'm trying to accomplish and that way i can say yes or no to various things that are most important to what God says, the kingdom impact that this is going to have. And, and Tim, you mentioned that at the beginning. Um, some things are immeasurable. It's hard mm-hmm. to measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two words that came to my mind were uh, perspective and patterns. I, th- I think uh, there are times when we're in crisis mode about a certain thing. And we may be in crisis mode about a specific event or a state that I'm in, in a current, current spot that can seem outsized to reality. Mm-hmm. And I can see one event is just this glaring sore spot or this one thing that, that is just sucking all my attention and energy and emotion. And if I'm not careful, I, I have a, a poor perspective I can equate that one sore spot to my entire life is out of control, mm-hmm. right? And so I think perspective can help us with that. And also I want to look for patterns. Like a one-time event is a one-time event. What I want to look for though, and this is me, is that I want to look for a pattern, a repetition of a type of event that that to me speaks like I'm, I'm not having enough uh, margin. I don't know that I want to make sweeping adjustments to my budget of time or energy or relations or emotions uh, mm-hmm. or, or money based off of a single event. But if I consistently see a pattern of things, I'm going to go back to my example of five nights out of the week, I'm saying to my boys, I don't have enough energy tonight to play a game or to pay attention to you guys. That's a pattern. Okay, I need to make some adjustments to my margins. Um, a single event, probably not so much. I kind of liken it the way you're describing it here, uh, Justin. It's it's the difference. You kind between, of like it, or you really like it? No, liken, L I K E N, making a comparison. <laughs> so you don't like it at I, all? I, no, I do like it, but let me finish. <laughs> uh, I liken it to a tire that has gone flat, right? We've all had flat tires, we've seen these experiences, and sometimes a tire is flat because there's a single nail or some kind of a, a small piece of trauma to the tire that has caused it to release air. And this is the kind of tire that can be fixed relatively quickly, relatively inexpensively. And then there's tires that you see on the side of the road and this thing is shredded, right? This thing is beaten and there is, there's pieces of tire all up and down the road. You know, you're not putting this one back, right? Go ahead and chop this up into tiny little pellets and put it on a football field somewhere. Uh, Cause that, that's what it's useful for at this point. Sometimes our life, when the margin is out of whack, looks like the small, the the nail hole that can be repaired. And so for some of us, we're hearing this conversation on margin and you're realizing, I've been putting too much energy into this, or I haven't given myself enough emotional space here, or I haven't contributed enough time to this particular thing. And and that's that's a fix a flat kind of scenario. For some of us, this is going to be putting a patch on things. Some of you are here and your life is the tire on the side of the road that has been shredded. There is not margin for time. There is not margin for energy. There is not margin for relationship. 
There is not margin for your emotions. There is not margin for your spiritual walk. There's not margins for anything. Everything has just completely come apart. And so what do you do when you find yourself in a position like this? You get outside help as quick as you can. You get with a good counselor. You get with a good coach, ideally with both. But you find someone that can help you start to piece these things together to rebuild this tire, to rebuild this piece of margin where you have the space to be who you're meant to be, where you have the space to think and to ponder and to consider and to spend time with the people that you care about and to do the work that you're passionate about and to serve in the ways that you're meant to and to have some fun. The whole purpose of life isn't to just work, 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 and then you die. Neither is it just have fun, 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 and then nothing ever gets done. C.S. Lewis talks about this in the book, uh, Mere Christianity, and, and the maturity that happens in relationships. He says a married couple cannot live in the honeymoon phase forever. Nobody will wash the dishes. Nobody will cook the meals. The couple will starve to death and die. Right? We, we have to have these things in some kind of a balance, and everyone's balance is going to look a little bit different. What you need in your stage of life, what you need for your emotional bandwidth, if you have a bunch of little kids at home, is different than somebody who is an empty nester or hasn't had children. What you need in emotional bandwidth is different if you are married versus if you are single. And it's even within married people, different between if you have a highly conflicted relationship or if you're in a very healthy relationship. What you need and where you need margin is going to change both from person to person and within your own lifespan. And so this is why it's so important that we create the space to think and to process it to consider where is my margin currently, where does it need to be, and how close am I between the two? So final thoughts as we wrap up our time together today? I'm going to give Lisa my margin of time. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I yield my time to the great sovereign state of Lisa Barber. <laughs> no, I, um, you know, it, it always boils back down to the what to do and then the how to do it, right? Um, those two questions go hand in hand when we are trying to solve any problem or challenge in our life. And so, uh, Tim, the idea of, you know, identifying it, we talk a lot about it and you just said it again, identify it. How, how do I notice it? Who's around me to help me notice it? Um, you know, if, 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 if your stress in your life, if this comes out, manifests itself with illness, or if it manifests with a, a bad attitude or um, uh, uh, checking out, you, you find your accountability. My, my husband is, he can, he knows when I'm off you know, when things are happening around me um, before I do most of the time. Um, but what it will do is, is produce that self-awareness, sure. And you're able to then reflect. Um, I, th I think really just going back to why it's so important to do this. And um, y'all need to know that. We, we have to have a why behind everything. And if you're on this call, I'll be honest with you right now, I'm gonna just be real truthful. If you're on this call and you're thinking, I don't have a problem with this, you're lying to yourself, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're fibbing, you're, 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 you're buying into lies and what's going to happen is you're going to hit a wall mm -hmm. and you, you won't have had the chance to step back and assess what you need and what's important and how you decompress and how you give energy to people at the end of the day that are most important and most valuable in your life. And mm -hmm. um, the Lord created this for relationship. And look at what happened in this chat box today. Fellas, y'all saw it, right? Coaches all all in trying to connect. And if anything else, if y'all forget everything that we just talked about today and did today, my challenge to you would be to make sure you're reaching out to your coaching peers, right? Make sure that you're following up with these email addresses and telephone numbers that I've seen exchanged. And connect with your peers, y'all. Don't do this alone. They can help you put guidelines in place to not just create margin, but to recognize it where it's important and what's most important for you. We can't do this alone. The Lord created this for relationship. And this is the best time of the year to, to cultivate that and slow down. Jody, um, Tim asked if we could complete finish today in prayer. So um, would either of you two feel led to close us yes. in prayer for the, 
for I the season. I would love to. Yeah. And, 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 um, and as we do, we're going to take a quick moment. Great passage. We had talked about this in preparation for today's call. Uh, so I know we opened with a quote from Abraham Lincoln. Now we're going to go even further back in history and even more authoritative. Uh, this is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, y'all. We ask you, brothers and sisters, to recognize those who diligently labor among you and are in leadership over you in the Lord and give you instruction, and that you regard them very highly in love because of their work. Live in peace with one another. We urge you, brothers and sisters, admonish the unruly, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that no one repays one another with evil for evil, but always seek what is good for one another and for all people. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Y'all, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we wrap up our time together today. Father, we are thankful for what it means to be your creation. We are thankful that you have given us relationship, that you have given us the opportunity to explore the idea of margin, to explore how we can best take care of what you have put on this planet for us to take care of, that we can best live in the purposes that you have laid out before us. Your word tells us that you have fearfully and wonderfully made us, that we are knit together, and that we were created before the foundations of the world to do the works that you had prepared in advance for us to do. And I pray that in these coming weeks, in this season of thankfulness, that we both pay attention to the things that you have given us and are thankful for that, and that you help us to live out that calling and step into the works that you have prepared for us, and let us find the joy and the peace and the thankfulness in what we are privileged and blessed to do, God. Pray for safety for every single person on this call, for every person listening to the recording, for everyone that is looking forward into the days ahead, that you will just continue to guide, to strengthen, and to carry us to where you would have us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, y'all.